Hi, John. Wow. That's Merlin. How's it going? Well, what do you know? Oh, top of the world. Hey there. Hey. Hi. Hi there. Hello. Greetings. Hello. Yes. Well, well, shucks. Well, shucky darn. Yeah. Shucky Mm. darn and slop the chickens. That's right. That's it. Yep. In a nutshell. You're back. Back on land, back in the world. The world is not the same. I can almost promise you, I know you think about me a lot, mm-hmm, but I mm-hmm. can pretty much promise you that for the last 10 days, I have thought about you a great deal more than you <laughs> probably thought about me. Uh, you cannot underestimate the number of people uh, that came up to me on the cruise ship and said, a lot of different kinds of gravy here. Am I right? When they came up to you, how close did they get? <laughs> uh, we, at some point, very early on on the cruise... You know, we first got on the cruise. Well, when we were... What had what happened was... What had happened was, first you're in a helicopter, and then you're on a hovercraft. Uh, we got to Florida, and it was not clear that we were going to get on the cruise. You know, Hodgman was held off the boat because he'd been to Italy. And yeah. um, and I had just come from Seattle, you know, where the... Hotbed. Where it was a hotbed. Mm-hmm. Hotbed. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> jump back. I want to disinfect myself. Wow. <laughs> so, as we were going down to the boat, it, you know, at any point, Holland America could have said, eh, nobody from Seattle, or the whole thing is canceled. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Which we probably just, would have been a really good idea. In, with, uh, with the wisdom of retrospect, seems but, like. But you know. I'm, I'm the cuck. I'm the one yeah. sitting here worried and wringing my hands. You guys are fine. Everybody, everybody got off got off boat. I don't know why why you've left behind definite articles, but hmm, when you get boat. off boat, everybody's <laughs> like, "Huh, wow, I'm really glad. I guess we were safer out there." Meat mulp. <laughs> it was fuck you. I've been funny. shy. We, I've been literally shitting myself for ten days, <laughs> thinking that everybody I like is going to die and turn into some kind of fucking Pirates of the Caribbean attraction. <laughs> well, now wait, yo, the story's not yo, over. Yo, it's you dying know, at sea it, for me. Any, anything could happen, day. Um, <laughs> We, we we totally waltzed on. The thing is that you know the cruise has gotten more and more professional as time goes on, and so the uh, in the, the, old the days, sorry the running of the Joko part or the, the Holland America contribution. Uh, the running of the Joko part. Yeah, they, they, so they, that, this is not their first day. Not not anymore. It was their first day for about seven years, but now um, now like all the performers were sort of ushered on before anyone else is on the boat. We we didn't pass through any kind of screening. They were just like, welcome, Vilcomen. Uh-huh. And we were like, great. So we were up, you know, licking the butter lion uh-huh. uh, while everybody else, you know, the, the, the sea monkeys were going through, I think, a more rigorous scanning, you know, like taking their temperatures and whatnot. But we got on the boat and everybody was kind of trying to do the, like, elbow bump. But that that's, still, lasted, that's, still, that's still too close. Well, yeah, but the thing is, it only lasted for... I don't know. I, I, I honestly only bumped elbows with like one or two people, and I was like, "We're just, we're all on this boat. If we get sick, we're gonna get sick. Come on in. Oh, so, come on in like this and clo- oh, close it up. We were, we were hugging. Oh. We were smooching. Sea mm. monkeys were rolling around as they do with each other. <laughs> they're you know, so they, horny. They put a. <laughs> they're they so a, horny. They put an onboard messaging service together called Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now Twitter has another. Uh, oh, and that's the thing that you can use without breaking the David Reese pledge of no internet, right? No, it breaks the pledge, but oh. but it doesn't it doesn't involve the actual internet, so you don't have to pay money to right. uh, to log into internet at sea or whatever. But there's a new element to it, 
I don't even know how new it is, but it, it really came to our attention this year uh, called uh, Tindar. Oh, no. Where oh, the sea no. monkeys are running a little dating site. Okay. And it's because they haven't been having enough orgasms right. already. They need some, some strep on orgasms. Every, everybody professes to be on there primarily looking for cuddles. Uh, cuddles is number one. If you, if you, if you ran all the profiles through a, through a screen, yeah. you would find that cuddles was the common denominator. Did they, make, did they make cuddle puddles? There was some cuddles there. I, you know, I didn't personally go on Tindar, but boy, <laughs> I can't tell you how many times one of the performers showed me their phone and was like, get a load of this. And it was a Tindar profile. There's a lot, you know, there's a lot of uh, polyamory. There's a lot mm -hmm. of, uh, it's a very supportive environment. Yeah. Uh, but it was clear that people were not maintaining social uh, distance or whatever the term is. Yeah. They were they were closer than an elbow away, closer than six feet. They were rolling around there. We were smooching. Everything was going crazy. It was, it was a, it was a high wire act. And about three quarters of the way through the cruise, Jonathan and Paul come over and say, this boat has the lowest incidence of sickness of any cruise we've ever done or any cruise that Holland America has ever done. Nobody's getting sick. Hmm. Like not even the, you know, usually cruise cruise ships, there's a sickness. It, it goes around, you know, people just lick doorknobs or whatever it is people do. Oh, Nobody I see. So if you finish enough on a cruise, if you're just literally coming on everything, you might, uh, they call it herd immunity. It's herd immunity is what must have happened. Mm -hmm. So we got back and we were like, don't dock. Like mm. as, soon, as soon as we got within internet service and saw what had happened to the world. So you guys really had not known much? Some people were on the internet and yeah. were like, you know, they would kind of whisper in your ear like, it's really crazy out there. Yeah. And I, you know, my thing was like, don't tell me. I don't want to know. It's not, I, I do take <laughs> your point in that sense. See, I, we've lived in such a different like splinter universe for the last 10 days. It's, I mean, sh just sh two shockingly different worlds. And I imagine we both look at each other like the two Spider-Mans, like pointing at each other, like, what's your deal? <laughs> Crazy outfit. Because, you know, when you, see, you say, oh, social distancing or quote unquote, whatever it's called. And it's like, this is like all we have been like living and breathing this whole time. I mean, I, ha I had to go out on Friday for a doctor thing. But apart from that, like we've just been you know, not locked in the house. We're not crazy people, but no, it's, right. it, it must be, it must be so wild for you. Such a shock coming back. Well, we did, we did get, we were halfway to Grand Turk, uh, when the drugs set in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, we were halfway to Grand Turk before Grand Turk <laughs> said, this is back country. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the line is brought to you in part by express VPN. You can learn more about ExpressVPN right now by visiting expressvpn.com slash supertrain. So everybody knows that VPNs protect your privacy and your security online, right? You know that? But what you may not know is that uh, a VPN can also take your TV watching to the next level because using a VPN, you can unlock movies and TV shows that are only available inside other countries. So you might want to use ExpressVPN to uh, vi uh, binge on Doctor Who on UK Netflix, pretty cool. Uh, ExpressVPN hides your IP address, and that means it lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You can choose from almost 100 different countries, so just think about all the Netflix libraries that you can go through. If you love anime, you can use ExpressVPN to access Japanese Netflix and be spirited away. I know that movie. It's not just Netflix. 
ExpressVPN works with any streaming service, Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, uh, but uh, you might want to check out ExpressVPN to watch shows. It's ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag, and you can stream in HD no problem. ExpressVPN is compatible with all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more, so you can watch what you want on the go or on the big screen wherever you are. So you can visit a special link right now. That's expressvpn.com slash supertrain. Get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. You can support our show, watch what you want, and protect yourself. Expressvpn.com slash supertrain. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for supporting Roderick on the line and all the great shows. <laughs> uh, we were up waiting Grand Turk before Grand Turk said, We're not we're gonna get ahead of this and not allow cruise ships to dock at Grand Turk anymore. <laughs> Gracias, pero no. <laughs> <laughs> and so we had to turn the boat around. And for a good day and a half, we were we were going about one knot uh, through the ocean because the captain didn't have anywhere to go. He had a big ship full of uh, nerds. And no one wanted us anymore. So we we, we were conscious of the fact <laughs> Setting that... Setting sail for the island of misfit toys. <laughs> that's right. Uh, we did not know... That, that was the first sign that like, oh, we're in the... We left and then uh, the world kept going. And I think after we left, they didn't have very many sailings. Mm-mm. But as we came... As we were coming into port, uh, again, you know, Paul came over and was like, uh, we just heard that Holland America is closing down all operations as soon as we dock. And it was like, and, oh. And also not not for nothing. And, of course, I'm writing every fucking hashtag and search term on Twitter to make sure that you all aren't dead. And um, and I believe it was one day after you um, got on boat that the State Department said, okay, we're done here, New Dealer. Like, no no more cruises, please. Crazy, wasn't it like, right? wasn't it, was it like, I'm just trying to remember the time frame wise that yeah. for us, that was one day after y'all took off and you probably didn't hear that until later. Uh, yeah, maybe I'm not hearing it until now. Wow. Uh, okay. but I definitely had people, um, I definitely had people when I got home sending me messages that were like, you weren't really on a cruise. We thought that was a joke. It's pronounced Joke Co Cruise. Uh, Joke J O C O Cruise. That spells Joko Cruise. Anyway, it's It's wonderful. It's like summer camp, though. You all come back with these funny memes and songs and and jokes. And do you remember that feeling? Like when you go to summer camp and you come back and you feel like you've arrived back in this much less bright and interesting world. You know, (laughs) everything's so much less animated. You know. It was a good cruise this year. Oh, that's great to hear. I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to do, right? What are you going to do? What there you, I mean, what some, can you do? Some problems, right? Hodgman got held off. Will Wheaton didn't come the first yep. time he missed one. Zoe Keating got sick. Liz Fair is a germaphobe. And so at the last minute decided not to come, but she did fly to uh, Santo Domingo Get she flew, she went to her hotel, she got into a van, she drove to the stage, she played her show, got in the van, drove back to the hotel, and flew away. Like, I never, whoa, I never Wait, interacted so she with did, her. She just boated as minimally as possible and she then bounced. She, she never touched the boat. Jonathan didn't talk to her. Whoa, she, but w- well, she's got she kids on, and stuff, right? She does, and one of them is asthmatic. Oh, gosh, <clears throat> I mean, they're they're both grown kids, but really, yeah. Yeah, huh. put that into your pipe and smoke it. I will. 
I'll go out, anyway, I'll go out so on the that deck. Was I'll go out on the Lido bit, deck. You go on the Lido deck. <laughs> it was a little bit sad because I was hoping, well, I was hoping that Liz Fair and I would come off the boat engaged to be married. I think it would be entirely reasonable. I mean, just on any, I was explaining to my daughter last night how I feel like when we talk about uh, TV boyfriends and girlfriends or when we talk about movie boyfriends and girlfriends, you know, just uh, one, one to another, friend to friend, family to family. You know, I, I think that is in some ways uh, without respect to one's uh, uh, binary uh, sexual preference. Mm, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I got well, I got some TV boyfriends. Doesn't sure. mean I doesn't mean I'd want to like shack up with them. Not for not for months. But I think but one maybe. of the things if you got a TV a TV girlfriend or a movie boyfriend or let's be honest an indie rock matador girlfriend it would be yeah. entirely within the range of possibility to say I hope that when we lock eyes there will be magic whether or not that's pursued. I'd love to be seen and feel special. One of the things about the cruise is it's a magic time. I yeah. mean, not being on Tindar does not keep uh, does not keep me from feeling magic. And I knew that Liz, once she got on the boat and understood all the magical rules of, oh, I and see. lack of rules, uh-huh. uh, that we would be swept up in the in a she, in maybe the, she's she's a germaphobe. Her mind was understandably close to this. She has a kid with a chronic, uh, you know, condition. But you're oh, thinking I think she may be 22, but yes. Okay. Yes. She has a large adult son. But anyway, yeah. she you're thinking she gets on there, never been on not on boat. And then maybe uh, she sees a little bit of magic in the air. A little so bit of fairy dust. Air, you know, she and I know each other a little and this might be the thing where um this might be the thing where she goes, "You know, I'd like to know you a lot." Mm-hmm. But it didn't happen. That's not how it went down. Mm-hmm. And uh I am just um you know, sure, I'm I'm still reeling. I'm impressed that she, based on the way you you have described this, though, I'm very impressed that she fought through that to, um, not to make it sound so mercantile, but to fulfill her obligation. I think that's a very professional and very courageous thing for someone in that position to do. Yeah, I agree. She's not there for the quote-unquote free vacation and cuddle puddles. She's there to do her job, right? And she did that. And I think that's incredibly um, uh, uh, courageous, to be honest. She did. She did come. She did do her job, and um, and it was uh, and the the land concert was great. It was. Um, did she play that supernova song? She did. Mm. She did. Uh, it was. You know, all all uh, when all was said and done, it was a great cruise. In fact, I could almost say that uh, that there was some aloha that had happened. Oh, um, which was nice. It's nice to get a little aloha. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the the you know the 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 uh, the peoples the um, the sea monkeys also aloha is uh, aloha is um, is within them. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I mean it's it it's very early in the process to be happy talking uh, about uh, potential upsides, but I mean it. There are potential upsides in some sense. Like it is actually cool to get to spend some uh, extra time with my family without the the reboot stress of every day in that particular way. What I'm trying to say is it's 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 somewhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like uh, <laughs> what's the Thomas Mann um, Death in Venice? There definitely is a feeling of like, oh boy, you know, don't share cups and stuff, and don't fall in love with a little boy. But yeah. the uh, but but there is something uh, like the rules are off a little bit right now. I do feel like I know well, just based on the number of um, 
worthy charities I've given to you in the last few days and working on some other ones. I do feel like, I don't think it's just me. I think everybody is trying to be a little bit nicer to each other for one mm. thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, that might be projecting. I know I'm trying super hard to, at the very least, don't be hostile toward people, but to try and be kind and empathetic with other people and maybe even not take the easy dunks that are dunkable all the time. Although one does have fits of peak, but I do, I do feel that. Um, and then the, just back to your a way earlier point, and again, it's awfully early to start, you know, doing uh, victory laps about this because we're fine. Right. But right. Um, but the um, it is said that uh, the the we will be very likely to see a lower incidence of lots of things, including flu, just as a knock on effect of the the necessary consequences of less exposure and stuff like that. So that may be one reason y'all were such a clean ship. I think that's what I think that's right. I think mm-hmm. that's right. Everybody's uh, taking double triple. I I was on that boat. I was on boat once. You were you were. And you know, it's it's not it's a supposedly fun thing that I would absolutely not do again. Uh love the people, but oof, not my not my not my tempo as they say. But it it was wild how much um I won't say theater, but how much performative uh cleanliness stuff there was. Or yep. safety stuff. There's the obligatory safety thing, which was very important. <laughs> I've, I've, what is, what is, what does she say? I've done them, done the figures, and there aren't enough uh, lifeboats for everyone. No, there's <laughs> enough lifeboats. You'll be good. And also, norovirus is a thing. So, like, there's always going to be somebody putting, putting liquid in your hand. You know, there's and a so, lot of. Uh, you yeah. know, and we're also talking about, uh, we're talking about people that are going to tend to be um, meticulous. Let's say, mm. uh, just sort of. You're telling me they, they keep their dungeon dice clean as it is. A little bit more. Well, not everybody, right? But there's. But if you give clear instructions to a group of sea monkeys about what the expectation is in terms of m- maintaining social distance, yeah, uh, sea monkeys will adopt the new protocol. Okay, uh, that's the thing, right? I mean, if you if you were on a uh, outlaw country, that's good cruise, to hear. And you said, "All right, you outlaw country bros." From now on, we're only going to put our chair roots out inside of a half an orange. <laughs> Nine-tenths of them would be like, hell no. Hell no, we won't go. I'm going to put my chair root out wherever I damn well, please. Did you see but, the uh, announcement from the guy who's running against Inslee? Who no. basically just spoke publicly in that voice. Oh, he, oh, yeah. He said he wants, he said, uh, so there's been a ban on groups above 250. He wants... 251 people to come to oh. his rally, and he'll bring a six-pack of Corona. You're that's talking what about it's... Tim Einman. Yeah, I guess he's so. He's a, guy's running against Inslee, is he, all I know. He, well, he's a, he's a local... Uh, is he colorful? Some, he, no, he has done more He's done more damage to the state of Washington than than 50 other bad men. <laughs> than a bastard of wirehousers. <laughs> he really has. He's really the worst, and everybody up here with any sense uh, really... So is, he, is, like, is he like a Matt Gates, like a troll kind of guy? He is the he's one of the people that uses the um the referendum uh Oh, he's like nuisance lawsuit guy. He's nuisance lawsuit guy, except he succeeds because his nuisance lawsuits are all in the form of we're paying too much for car tabs. I propose that we only pay fifty dollars for car tabs, because why is the government taking our money? And somebody goes, Yeah, why? But the problem is the state of Washington doesn't have an income tax. Mm Mm-hmm. Our state of Washington doesn't have income tax. And so we pay for social services. We pay for all services 
mm-hmm. through things like car tabs. So like you, what do they call it? Um, usage or like what that term for like, it's just a practical, you can call it a tax if you want, but it's just a, a use fee that ends up helping civically. Right. There's a lot of those here. We use, uh, we use fees attached to tickets and to hotels mm-hmm. and to rental cars. And those are the ways that we pay for the roads and for all the things that we need. Um, but <clears throat> Tim Eyman says, $50 is the most we should pay. I will not pay this usurious fee, Mr. Trump, and sir. He gets, a, he gets a majority. And so all of a sudden, we only pay $50 car tabs. Yay. But there's no money in the public coffers to do anything, and uh, including, you know, like EMTs and schools and right. shit. And, and if you need to, you should cough into your elbow. Coffer, huh? <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Keeps. You can learn more about Keeps right now by visiting keeps.com slash Roderick. Losing hair sucks, and two out of three of you fellas will experience hair loss by the time you're 35. So introducing Keeps, the easiest and most affordable way to keep the hair you have. These FDA-approved products used to cost so much, but now, thanks to Keeps, they're finally inexpensive and easy to get. For five minutes now and starting at just $10 per month, you'll never have to worry about hair loss again. Getting started with Keeps is so easy. You sign up uh, and it takes about five minutes. Just answer a few questions and you snap some photos of your hair. A licensed physician will review your information online and recommend the right treatment for you. Then it's shipped right to your door every three months. Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. Some of you have probably tried them before, but you've probably never gotten them for this price. Keeps this treatment. Uh, it's up to 90% effective at reducing and stopping further hair loss. Some men do experience hair regrowth, and at best, men will get back up to 20% of the hair that they lost. Keeps is only $10 to $35 a month. Plus, now you can get your first month free. It's a heck of a deal for getting to keep the hair you've got. Find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors, and nearly 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. And if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, you go to keeps.com slash Roderick to uh, get your limited-time offer of hair loss treatment. Keeps.com slash Roderick. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Roderick, our thanks to Keeps for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. Okay, just that, two. That's all we needed. Just needed two. It's We're a dry good. coffer. Oh, oh, wow. See, yours oh, is good. That, that was double. That was a double. I know. I don't know how, but I like them both. I'm going to wear them both. Make hats great uh, again. But anyway, he's been doing it for, for a long time, decades. And he just, he has a, he has a really good way of figuring out, you know, the kind of libertarian, um, one sentence, a kind of messaging that'll go straight message. to the brainstem of a libertarian. Well, or, or to the majority of Washingtonians, because he keeps mm-hmm. passing these things okay. that are like the the state is like, well, we don't have any money, so we're going to just float this bond. And he's like, float a bond, more like, more like boat on a pond. And people Flood go, zone. Yay! Hey! and they, you know, and they vote for his thing. So it's <laughs> so he's a real risk. He'll never get elected governor. That's just. He's just doing that. He's also one of these guys that like that like lives off of the money that he raises. Oh, like see, yeah. I mean, kind of like like everybody's wondering what's going on with Devin Nunez. Like, how is Devin Nunez affording all of these nuisance lawsuits against mm. these very large institutions? And you know, you don't have to be a conspiracy nut to go like, wait a minute. One of the people he's suing is a fake cow on Twitter. 
because he's from like dairy country. And I know he's got like family farm with cash and stuff, but like the, the numbers absolutely do not add up. Like there's these yep. people where you're like, how are you, you know, or really or for that matter, Jim Baker selling his like survival corn and fucking Corona oh, cures. Survival corn. Look at those chunks. Do, do you remember, do you remember when that was the worst of our worries? Which one? So, I forget. Oh, the uh, but, TV ministers. Yeah, or just I don't know anything. Yeah, I know it all. I, I miss it already. I, yeah. I miss the things that I used to be annoyed by already. Mm. Mm-hmm. Have, have you? So tell me this: Have you and your lovely family been sequestered together in your uh, spacious and yet small uh, downtown city apartment? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. Uh, boy, we are fortunate in just about every way that a person could be fortunate, and we sure do know it. Um, so, you know, the work that I do, it will continue. I mean, I uh, suffice to say that the place where I record these is very near the place where I live. And it's not uh, difficult for me to avoid people on that small journey. It's also nice that we have a second place. So dad can be here and he's not crowding up the house. And we also, we're near a park. We've got a yard. Like there's various ways in which we're not, I mean, we're not even getting into the fact that my wife is you know, going to have a job no matter what and get paid no matter what. And we have insurance, we have all of those things, which are, and, but of course not everybody has that. And that's what's been top of mind for me. And that's why I've been spending money like a doorknob in a wet sweater. Like all the kids must be fed, <laughs> feed the children, doorknob pay the school um, and all these sorts of things. But to answer your question, you know, this, the other weird thing for you, I imagine is, I don't know. I don't know. Cause, okay. So here's what I'm turning over in my mind is the Delta between me making myself very anxious and situationally depressed by gobbling every bit of this information useful or not. And just getting so sad and frustrated and just angry at the way this is being operated at a high level. It's, it's been very, very stressful. I, I did for people who are asking, I did literally sleep, uh, I believe 13 hours yesterday. Wow, good for you. Situational depression. It's, it's right. a hell of a thing. But, right, but what I'm wondering, though, when I say the Delta, you come back, boom, pow, this all lands on you. And you're probably obviously still figuring out or learning things that we knew a week ago. Yeah. But, I mean, okay, so I wonder, I wonder who has it worse. Like, you know, because we were there for every little cut of this and every announcement and reannouncement and re-reannouncement, every time that they said, well, now this many people down to this many people down to this many people down to like, no, seriously, just please don't go places. And then down to like last night, I think last night being Sunday, this is the 15th was when a lot of the closings really came down like yeah. big time where they were like, look, you fucking idiots. We, we ask you nicely not to go to a, a drinking parade with a crowd. We really did ask you so nicely, but now you're babies. And so now we have to make that a law thing, right? Yeah. So we knew as of the difference. So like if you had to take a five day, you know, day over day difference last Monday versus last Friday was like wild. So that would be like your third or third or so day at sea. Yeah. Um, and as of like Monday, I'll be honest with you, we were still like, uh, I wonder if we should cancel our trip to a large theme park at the end of the month. Or uh, like, how should we, how will we know when that's definitely not going to happen? Because we've spent a ton of money and booked a lot of things. Right. And like, how do we, that was Monday. And Monday right. was also like, well, the school district, which has been great about this. They've been so great. Especially my kid's actual school has been amazing. And they said stuff like, look, you know, starting today, your kid uh, at your discretion can stay home without penalty for the next two weeks. 
and um, she ended up going. There was president, not President's Day. What was it? There was a holiday. Long story short, on that Thursday or that Wednesday, rather, she ended up staying home out of precaution. She really wanted to go back. And then on, I think it was on Friday was when they said, well, that's it. You know, we're shutting it down for the next two planned school weeks plus through what would have been spring break. So three weeks. Right. So I'm caught up on all this because when I came back, of course, it was a, it was yeah. a big info dump. It's the that story. Happened. It's the story. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, because the phones go back on and it's like we all were standing there in the Fort Lauderdale airport. Uh, going, oh, wow. Like getting it all at once. Did you know that there was the, I mean, like a friend of mine was stuck in, not stuck, she, a friend of mine was in Poland when yeah. Trump uh, shut it down. Well, when he had that very uh, unfortunate speech where he made some errors and she was one of the people struggling to try and get a flight home to get in under the wire. Did you know, for example, that you would be potentially facing, well, let me just throw it at you here. I'm, no, I'm talking a lot. Okay, so here, here's things I'm wondering if you knew. Did you know, for example, that uh, how bad it was while you were out? Uh, let me give you just limit it to three. Did you know how bad it was? Did you know that you faced potentially a, an increased chance of needing to be quarantined when you uh, arrived? And did you know that you might have to do some serious hustling um, and risk some exposure to get on a plane to get home? Here's the thing about being uh, <clears throat> a news junkie where you're following everything uh, from second to second, 18 hours a day, uh, getting anxious and ramp ramping up. Mm -hmm. Most to 98% of that information is just logically inferred. Like when we were on the boat, we weren't getting any of that news. But yes, we absolutely knew that just based on the information that we had when we left port – that we were going to come back to a different world. When we were refused entry to Grand Turk, it was clear that things were changing. Mm -hmm. We knew that cruise lines, you know, we were hearing the scuttlebutt from the cruise line itself. Like cruise lines are, you know, because they were, the people on the New Amsterdam were also, <clears throat> I mean, if you recall, there are <clears throat> more than a thousand people on that boat who work on the boat and live on it for eight months at a time. Mm -hmm. So, they aren't when the when the ship docks, they go to work for five hours to turn the ship around and and put all the gravy back in the gravy boats and mm -hmm. change the sheets and you know sanitize and then there's two thousand other non nerds waiting to get on the boat yeah and so all of those people everyone associated with the boat is also like what's going to happen to me and uh, they're trying to do that with you know smiling faces or whatnot. But, Every, everybody uh, to a person that I saw was very complimentary of the way uh, everybody involved in the cruise uh, handled it. I think oh. you use that phrase, professional, but they made people really feel at ease, and you could see the hustle of them trying to stay in front of this. Everybody's everybody is wonderful, and you know, and and it's and it really is a pitch in altogether thing. Um, but but so so all of the th this is the thing about the news, and it's why <clears throat> it's why you actually don't need to follow the news, right? Because the news doesn't help 98% of the time. Like if you read the news, if you read a digest of it at the end of every day, that was three articles long. And honestly, if you read a digest of it at the end of every Are week. Are you talking in general or specifically now? I'm talking in general. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm talking specifically. I think in general, that's probably true. Political news, normal news. Mm -hmm. um, but also it was clear a week ago. It was clear two weeks ago, probably that you shouldn't go to bars, right? It was clear two weeks ago that you should not probably go on a cruise. Mm -hmm. uh, but like you say, we were still 
in this, like, should I, I wonder if, I mean, it was much more like, are they going to keep us off a cruise rather than should we ourselves not go on a cruise? And I don't think most people that went a week ago on the Joko cruise, uh, well, only 35 people didn't come out of 2,100 people. So a week ago, the attitude was very different for sure. But we didn't know whether we were going to come into Fort Lauderdale and be refused entry. Right, right. And we were talking, you know, um, amongst ourselves, like, well, what are we going to do if they if they stop the boat? Yeah, um, what if it's, I mean, because like the people that got off in Oakland, uh, you know, some of them got sent, I believe, to the south. Some of them got sent to like yeah. Travis Air Force Base, but they right, got the dispersed like in, and it sounds like it's pretty rough going for the folks, you know. Yeah, it was at that, the Air Force Base. That would have been tough. Although, you know, we were we were prepared to say we're not going to get off and go to an Air Force Base. We'll just stay on the boat, and um, you know, and we'll keep putting on shows every night until we run out of songs. <laughs> so, as long as you got songs and food, as long as you can have a fruity pleaser and a place to plug in your guitar. The thing we weren't expecting was we got off the boat, went to the Fort Lauderdale Airport, and it was like fucking most icely. Yeah, because. All the cruises had been canceled and everyone was trying to get out of Florida. And so it was, it was a complete zoo there and coming off the boat, you're thinking to yourself, okay, we're entering a world where contagion has escaped its, um, escaped its cage or escaped the, 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 uh, joke cage that we thought we could put it in. All we need to do is just get home. Let's just get home. Mm -hmm. But then you're, then you're in an airport where there's, 8,000 people also trying to get home. It's a small regional airport. And then because of the way that my itinerary got, uh, got put together, I flew to JFK and I land, I land in JFK and have to take a shuttle from my gate to some other gate and, and like sprint through the airport to make it onto my flight. (laughs) And the whole way I'm like, this is not limiting my exposure. All oh, of this it's, is uh, absolutely, absolutely. And, and the all, photos, the photos coming out of, you know, O'Hare and um, Dallas Fort Worth. The last few nights, it's just been, it's it's so upsetting to look at. I mean, stuff like we're we're watching an old, uh, we're watching Comfort TV, so we'll go back and watch Parks and Rec and something where people like you know put their hand in somebody else's mouth or something, and everybody cringes because we're already so habituated to yeah. thinking about you know just politely avoiding other people. And the way they described it, there was there's this one scene in Idiocracy, which I know is an oversighted movie, but there there's some so much great flashbulb moments in that movie. There's one where um, Luke uh, um, Luke Wilson, right? Luke Wilson's character is <clears throat> has gone to the emergency room, and he's going to be examined. And the guy is hands him three probes. He's like, this one goes in your mouth, this one goes in your ear, and this one goes in your butt. And then he gets them mixed up, and neither one of them can tell which one goes where. When I look at those pictures of those long cues of people. It's like, oh, yeah, there's a queue for people who probably have it over here. And there's a queue for people who probably don't have it over here. And they're like right next to each other. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you're like, yeah. man, don't, 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 put the, don't put the clean dishes and the dirty dishes in the same thing. Fortunately so you, for, for us, like I was on the other side of the, you know, that was all people who were coming into the United States. And within the airports, mm. it was, you know, it was just a regular busy day. And I was fortunate enough to sit next to, uh, on the flight from Fort Lauderdale, I sat next to a woman who works at Wikipedia, mm-hmm. who before she sat down, 
and she was a total Joko cruiser, right? She had like a, a, a buzz cut that had rainbow <clears throat> color in it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she'd never heard of the Joko cruise. And I was like, you're going to love it. But she worked, she worked at Wikipedia, but she had a bunch of wipes and she wiped down, uh, not just every aspect of her own seat, but also wiped down the seat back in front of her, mm-hmm. like the TV and the walls. And those things, those things are just lousy with all kinds yeah. of crap. Cause every time you see somebody sitting there eating, their, eating their goddamn popcorn off the tray table, you're like, ugh. just, just imagine a baby's diaper and that might be the cleanest thing that's touched that. Ugh. But I didn't have so, I, and then on the flight from JFK, uh, there was nobody in my row because I was at that point had entered into domestic travel where people were canceling. Mm-hmm. You know, getting out oh, of Florida right. it was like get me yes, out of Florida. Of course, yes, yes, but, yes, yes. But getting on the flight to uh, to Seattle from JFK, that was where <clears throat> people were like opting out. <clears throat> but ha- having, and then when I landed at SeaTac, it was a it was a ghost land. But getting back, I. And, and and finding out about incubation periods, which I kind of already knew, and I still am not sure that we fully understand. But the idea that you could have it... You can be asymptomatic. Either, you can be asymptomatic and have it for, <clears throat> I think it's at least five days. Well, or also just be asymptomatic and, and never show, or also whatever, incubate it for two weeks. So the, so the, the prospect the, the, the mayor that in Miami, I had it... The mayor in Miami has it, but is totally asymptomatic. The fact that I could have it and am just sitting here waiting or brought it home or that my daughter got it at school because they didn't close her schools until last Friday. I mean, just like f- four days ago, three days ago, she was at, she was at school that we have it right that we're sitting in here and it's either waiting to bl- finally bloom or that we're just. Maybe we don't get sick, but we are the contagion, or we we are one of those um, green balls that turn to a red ball. That's the that's the the crazy part, and the the sequestering now, like, I, I the susceptibility I have to um, to the news, to like getting on that news dragon. And and just <laughs> riding the news dragon, you know, just sitting there like, what's the oh no, fourteen more people in Italy died. Yeah. All that really is important to know is that we can't meet anybody else. Like we can't have any play dates. We can't go to restaurants. We have to just and and doing that is all we can do. Knowing more isn't necessary or necessarily good. If we are just if we are I mean, I, I want to push back on that just a tiny bit, which is that like um, the thing that the thing that I'm there's a lot that I'm worried about. But I mean, one is my mom. And so, like the the need to keep in touch about that, I agree. I agree with you that there's no need to to deliberately ramp oneself up. And I've taken steps to move the other direction. But there are people who do need to worry about stuff. You know, we we have isolated my mom. Um, my sister brings groceries to her, but but wearing white gloves, like you know, we're we're definitely not being reckless. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming you're not either. Oh, I'm doing the best I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go ahead. The um the information. So you're talking about, and this is hard because especially with a kid your age, um, like kid a kid my age is already pretty heavily into like FaceTime and group chats and all that kind of stuff, and of course TikTok and things like that. But like your kid is right in the sweet spot for like, boy, a play date would be so good for everybody right now. Like get out of the house. 
do something outside like with a friend would be such a gift right now. And they oh. and they say that like this is the toughest part when you got a kid is like one of the biggest things that you want to avoid they say is the uh family to family transmission. Yeah. That that that's what happened in particular I guess in China. And so it sucks because like it would be this could be a great time to go and hang out but like that's I think that's arguably one of the biggest things in terms of protecting other people. You know what I mean? That that's that's the kind of thing to avoid. So on the way downstairs to 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 do the show, I had to step over my daughter who had arranged a um, a card game on the floor, and she was like, "Will you play this card game with me?" And I was like, "Sweetie, I have to do I have to go do my show." And she's <laughs> like, "Okay, well, you know, the card game will still be uh, here blocking the door when yeah. you're done." <laughs> But we did. We made a mistake, I think, yesterday, um, because her little friend across the street, whose parents are, you know, normally pretty socially distant and and uh, and and uh, reclusive, they they if they could play together, it would be a great relief to both families. Mm-hmm. And so yesterday, there was some article by a pediatrician that said, you can't have play dates, but if the kids are playing outside, it's probably fine. Now, I don't know what the logic behind that article was, and I was kind of like, just back off the boat, and 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 uh, so the article was read aloud to me, and I was like, oh, well, I guess I sort of, I guess that makes sense. I mean, if both kids have it, or if don't, outside something something you know the thing was like don't let them go to a playground but if they're just playing outside yeah there's like so so many there's so many asterisks on all of those where it's like is it open are you near other people how near are they to touching each other are they touching playground equipment it's like there's so many like little codicils for every one of those so we so we let her go outside and she and her little friend played all day together out in the street and when they would show up at either house, and again, this is the this is the codicil you're talking about. Like when they would show up and say, "Can we come in?" We would say, "No, you can only play outside." Mm-hmm. Now I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. That just feels like that feels like a form of security theater, right? Like as long as you're playing outside, you are you know, <laughs> and and only sneezing on each other in fresh air, um, that it somehow protects us. But we believed that as long as yesterday, and now today, it feels like we need to reevaluate that. But of course, if they, if either one of them had it, it they communicated it to the other yesterday. So it it does. So that like that family to family transmission that you hear about from China, it's like it, we're just we're all playing this game of like I hope I don't have it. I hope I didn't get it before we close the windows. Uh-huh. And, um, and you know, to my sister's credit, she was the one that, like, I think maybe February 29th said, mom is going into a cooler. We're not going to visit her. <laughs> and she's not going, and we're not going to, you know, like, I'm going to take her food in a box and leave it outside her door. And my mom, because she's you know, so disaster aware, uh, agreed, consented, right? Like, that's right. I'm going, I'm going in, you know, I'm going into, I'm, I'm hitting the mattresses. And I think I, I think at the time I probably wouldn't have taken such a draconian step. I would have been like, ah, come on, mom's fine. Yeah. You're overreacting. Right. But Mm -hmm. you know, now it seems incredibly wise of those two to have put mom in a, in a sanctuary 
because at least I'm, you know, I'm at least I'm confident that she is safe and also that I can trust her that she will continue to stay underground. You know, she's not going to, it's not like she's going to go to church or something, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And she, and she does go down into the garage, get into her car and drive around. I mean, she's not, um, she's not living in the dark, mm-hmm. but, uh, but I haven't seen her and, and probably won't see her for a month oh. at most, or at, at least, right? Mm-hmm. In England, they're going to, they're talking about, I don't know how they're going to accomplish this, but they're talking about um, a four month, basically cooler oh. period. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I mean, like if you don't have a lot of dough or you got health issues, it's like, Forget it's about it. the whole, the whole thing's coming unraveled. I know. And that's, that's the concern for me and like being far away. Like I just, I can't, I can send money. I can give advice. I can suggest, please, please, please. Those emails that you're being forwarded are not true information. Please. Ugh. Yeah. 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 So she, yeah, it's, it's complicated, but yeah, I'm not surprised that your mom's smart about that. She's a smart cookie about these things. Well, and Susan too, I mean, for all of the, for all of the way that they sometimes do, you know, show up in my text messages at seven in the morning telling me that there's a comet on its way to destroy New York city. (laughs) And then I'm like, uh, you know, I'm in like comet what? And then it turns out, you know, it was a mercury comet. Um, Is that a car joke? That was a car joke. Oh, that was a good one. I like that. Thanks. Thanks, thanks. Don't think for that. Somebody, somebody <laughs> out there was laughing. Some, yeah. some, somebody in Ames, Iowa was like, ha, 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 ha. Uh, like a, a boomer, probably. Is the, the thing that I, I um, well, there's a lot I've been obsessing about, but you know, the thing that is uh, so frustrating to me right now and the part that's so dispiriting is, uh, like, I think I've sort of gotten that with you before, like just this, um, just a, a real skepticism about how much bioavailable empathy we have for strangers at this point. Um, and, and in particular, it, it's, it's, it seems so, so difficult to, I'm trying not to sound judgy about this, but there's a certain kind of mindset when you say to somebody, okay, well, there's like a, uh, not even a pandemic. Let's say there's a big, there's a bug going around. Uh, this, a bug demic. A bug demic. This extends to vaccines. It certainly extends to all kinds of stuff. And you say, well, you know, there's, there's, there's two things to think about here, but they're heavily related, which is you don't want right. to get this, but you don't want to also don't want to give this. And right. it's just that th- this is such, this is like such an extreme example in so far as a young person, like for example, that mayor of Miami, he has it, but has no symptoms. He, he literally has, he has COVID-19 and is, you know, bunked up at home. I think cause he'd been at maybe at Mar-a-Lago or something. But anyway, long story short, that guy has always been asymptomatic even though he's got it. And that just that, that one repeated piece of misinformation from the White House and their proxies that's so frustrating to me is they, they have allowed to circulate this idea that <laughs> you don't need to be tested unless you're vulnerable and have symptoms. Right. And it's like, okay, well, oh boy, there's a lot to that. Uh, well, a lot, a lot of people can't be tested. Like, it's only now that they're, like, getting the tests. But, like, what I'm trying to get at is it's so frustrating to me. Like our family is going to be fine. We, we're going to be inconvenienced, but we're all the three of us, at least anyway, we're going to be fine. It's just, I, f- I feel such a deep obligation to not contribute to somebody else getting it. And I don't think that, I think that is still not sinking in. I think, are it's, you, uh, I think, are they, you, yeah. 
are you experiencing like I mean I I feel like there's a there's a risk although less of a risk like even even hurricanes and tornadoes mm-hmm. um there's a there's that element where you're like does does it's sort of disaster porn like it's help it's happening to other people and it's and the excitement of watching the hurricane come toward Florida and all the threatening uh, blasts of like, mm-hmm. this is going to land in Miami and it's going to kill a million people. You know, there's, it's, um, it ra- ratchets up the suspense such that when it, when it often doesn't happen, uh, it's a little bit of a letdown, right? <laughs> you, see because- it in, you see it in the weather people, God bless them. We're like, this is going to be the highlight of their career to be out here in this slicker getting knocked over deliberately by a buoy or whatever. And then yeah. like, you could see them getting more and more excited. It's true for anybody in any profession, but it's just impossible not to notice with them where yeah. you can see they're ramping up and up and up in their excitement for how bad this could get. And you can tell as soon as it stops getting worse and is potentially getting better, you could just feel this sort of, oh, yeah, this is going to be a big one. We had we had a big snow event on its way here uh, this winter, and I was following all the weather nerds, and I mean they were they were actually saying like, "What a disappointment! That sucks! Like mm-hmm. we were gonna we were gonna get buried, and it's gonna be freezing, and people were gonna die. Why did we get robbed?" Yeah, but 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 there's 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 somehow a at least in me, I don't feel that way about this. Like I'm not looking for schadenfreude, right? I don't hope Mm -hmm. that all those people in Nashville that were flouting the quarantine and dancing in, in, uh, in cowboy bars, I don't want them to get sick as a result and be, and have it be proved. I don't want anybody to be proved wrong or proved right. Right. right? I don't just because you went to CPAC and thought it'd be funny to shake everybody's hand, even while you were, you know what I mean? Like, you, yeah. you, it's difficult to, as a as a decent human being. It's hard not to feel a twinge of like, oh man. In another time, I'd make fun of you so hard, but I just really don't want you to kill everybody in your neighborhood because you're an asshole. Yeah, and 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 but at so at that level, there's no. I don't feel any sort of um, anticipation about the next month. In the same way that you anticipate a hurricane or a tornado where mm. you're like, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Like, like, like two days from now, the situation is going to be worse than it is today. Uh, but, uh, but I'm not looking forward to it. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but there is an aspect of it because this is global, because it's so massive and potentially like a, it's already world historical because the, the way economies are going to, you know, the way like you were saying, everybody that's out of work right now is not going to suddenly be back at work. Like there's there's there are major gaps that in 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 billions of people's lives that are going to need to get filled somehow. Mm-hmm. But but nine months from now, whatever the final statistics are, um, you know, that's a degree of of zooming out. That, uh, because I've because I've 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 read up about pandemics a lot because because we've all known that this is actually the big threat, right? For for a decade or more, mm-hmm. it's been clear. It's been told to us enough times by epidemiologists around the globe that probably the next thing is not going to be a nuclear war. It's not going to be famine. It's not going to be global warming. It's going to be a pandemic that. That kills millions. Mm-hmm. And they thought, heard, they thought it would be the flu uh, that was most likely. But 
but given the way climate change is moving different species around, it's becoming less surprising to anybody that it's things that started with animals because animal, animal habitats are changing. It's not because people are eating bat soup. It's because it's just yet another thing that we can at least partially point to, like that's what climate change is doing. Well, but except <clears throat> this comes from pigs being being corralled with chickens, right? I, I, it doesn't feel, this isn't like a, this isn't a, a monkey flu where people are eating uh, bush meat. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just a thing where farmer's markets you know, it's chick- chickens and pigs, um, which is like the, that's the, I mean, when, when they talk about where the Spanish flu started in 1919, uh, the only reason it's called the Spanish flu is that, um, I read this really interesting article. Every bon- everyone was, uh, because the war was happening, right? The, the, the countries that were at war were all embargoing information about, who, who was sick and what was happening. But because, <laughs> because Spain was neutral, yeah. kind of like Italy now, it was mm-hmm. the one country that you could get, you could get in for the, that the press wasn't, uh, muzzled. I did not know that. That yeah, is right. super interesting. So all of a sudden in the world's newspapers, there's all this data coming out of Spain mm-hmm. that people are sick. And that's how it got described as the Spanish flu. Although there are kind of three different, three different, um, speculations about where it started. And one of them was at a, at a U.S. military base in Kansas hmm. where they just had pigs and chickens corralled together. Um, and chicken gets a, chicken gets a bug, passes it to a pig. <laughs> it sounds pig. like you're calling a square dance. <laughs> yeah, it does. Pig gets a bug, passes it to the <laughs> outman left, right? So it's swing your partner. And uh-huh. so, so it's, you know, it's a thing that this, this like chick, chicken pig man <laughs> dance uh-huh. is a, you know, it's a thing that, that, um, it's just how flus get going. Mm. But, but I don't know how to, I don't know how, I mean, in a way it's like so many apocalypse scenarios at a certain point, we're going to open the doors to whatever mall we're living in and walk out into the bright new day into a different world and how different that world is going to be. Uh-huh. I think a lot of us right now feel like, well, we can't go to the supermarket for a few weeks. And, and it's possible that that is the world we walk back out into where it's like, you know, th- there's some siren that goes, crisis is over. Mm-hmm. And we all walk all out. clear, the all clear signal. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it's also possible. We walk back out into a world that's, that's radically different. And, um, and that I think is the thing that my, uh, that that weird thing inside you, inside some of us, I guess, that is kind of waiting for the big earthquake. We've been, we've been thinking about the big earthquake for so long in Alaska and in Seattle, my whole life, I've been told that the big earthquake could come anytime. It's like we used to be with nuclear war. It could come at any time. Mm-hmm. And it gets it, it becomes a friend, right? The at least the, a companion, a companion, right? Yeah. Like the, the that's your Welsh troll way. now. Yeah, it's a guy. He's there. He's here all the time. Mm-hmm. Anytime you put a glass down on the edge of a table, your earthquake friend goes, mm-hmm. "Boy, I'm gonna have fun knocking that off mm-hmm. when I finally come." But what to do with your like pandemic companion, and how much to, you know, how much you can. I don't know, isolate your feelings too, in addition to isolate your body and your breath. Hmm. That's the, 
I think that's the thing that maybe you have had 10 more days of than I have. Um, like just having, you know, knowing where your, where your feelings are and there's, you know, you have so much empathy for people to the, to the extent that like your, your empathy You've got 50 different directions you you have to be empathetic. Not mm-hmm. have to be, are naturally empathetic. Like, oh, wow, that sucks for you, and that sucks for you, and that sucks for you. Like, you and I are podcasters. If there's any, if there's any um, job that's going to survive the short term, it's us. Now, what, what survives the long term? I mean, we're already socially isolated and working from home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, but I have a lot, you know, I have a lot of friends that if, that if they don't work this week, they, they don't have, they don't have three weeks of, of pay stashed away somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's all connected. It really is all connected. But then how do you, you know, how do you factor that, that short term empathy against the fact that 250,000 people in Seattle could die? Um, like where what where are you then right mm-hmm. I'm just just hearing from Italy and the fact that they're making decisions about they're making like uh like triage decisions about who gets gauze ventilators yeah it's just like fuck yeah yeah and uh, like as of about I think I don't would be all doom and gloom yeah no I take your point it's it, you have to you have to figure out uh where you can be useful and how you can avoid being a crazy person because this is just the beginning for one thing. Um, that's, it's just, it's just that, you know, it's, it's the, the, the part I just keep coming back to and it's, um, you know, you, uh, you know, you're crazy when everything starts seeming related, but just this, uh, sort of, sort of crisis of, uh, this American crisis of seeming unable to have over much, uh, empathy or sympathy for other people, even when it benefits you. I mean, it's almost like watching a version of prisoner's dilemma played out, on some kind of slow motion, very large scale, where, I mean, personally, there are lots of, uh, whatever, the opposite of a benefit, an inconvenience to us for like, we're healthy and like, we can, we should just be wheeling around and doing stuff and everybody's inconveniencing me. And, you know, but the thing is, like, like I say, the, the part that still has not landed on enough people is it's not about, it is only glancingly about you not catching it. It's about you not catching it. So you don't give it to other people because the, we are lining up something close to a perfect storm in terms of the lack of tests, the lack of people taking it seriously. The fact that, I mean, as of the last couple of days, we're already approaching capacity in ICUs in metro areas. Yeah. And boy, you really don't want to be, you do not want to be at capacity in ICUs at the, at like day four or day three of a, of an emergency like this. And it's like, you know, we're just, we're spending all our seed corn on like owning the libs and it's just it sucks Mm. i wonder if i wonder if your and my show although what's in the show is in the show yeah i wonder whether whether we are helping (laughs) oh i think we are i think (laughs) i think it is an opportunity just to be now to go the other way and just be unreasonable in another way is that i think it is an opportunity um Everybody's different. Everybody's got different needs. Everybody's got different challenges. But the one thing that everybody can afford to do is to just not be awful to other people and to be, um, you know, and it's sort of, you know, like two Chinese restaurants in Oakland closed last week because basically people just stopped 
going there because they thought they were going to get coronavirus. And like, I, I don't I don't know. There's no omnibus answer to this that I could provide. I mean, even listening, for example, to the very good uh, episode of This American Life that came out today. I mean, the stuff that they're talking about in there is already not only old news, but like almost everything they say just needs to be replaced with please find quality information and please follow it. Yeah, That's you can't right. you can't even give somebody a piece of advice. By the time this comes out in two hours, anything we say here will already have been old. It's just more <laughs> like you've got to keep your head about you. And like, I don't know, this is not particularly useful, I guess. But find opportunities to, to be decent to other people right now, because there are a lot of people who could really use it is all yeah. I've got. Yeah. Yeah. I, and 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 life goes on, too. You know, there's Ooh. um. There's still, and this was one of the great things about the Joko Cruise was that uh, that in a crisis we adopted new protocols, but uh, but life went on, right? And um, mm-hmm. and there's you know new protocols are surprisingly easy, and I think I think one of the things I'm taking away from the news is that. Uh, you know, the failure to recognize three weeks ago that we needed to be doing what we're doing right now mm-hmm. is going to produce greater hardship. But doing what we're doing right now is is going to prevent even greater hardship three weeks from now. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is on, not a great time for black and white thinking. This is a time no. to like minimize losses and damage to the extent possible and just keep even when that feels frustrating and the results are not clear like it is this is known like we've got to minimize that harm yeah it is known and and in doing so there are all kinds of alternative futures that we're that we're working you know we're working to um ameliorate and that is exciting right the the degree to which I think most people can recognize a situation and pull together against, you know, like if you had said four months ago that we would be able to accomplish something like all Americans not going to work, all Americans who can afford that, you know, who not can afford, but that so much of American work energy would be both voluntarily and sort of collectively re-channeled mm-hmm. uh, according to a, you know, a, like to work again, work toward a common cause, not just against a common enemy, but hmm. toward That's a, a good common way to put cause. It. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one would have believed it. I mean, four months ago, we couldn't, it, you wouldn't believe that, that any five, five Democrats could agree on, on, uh, on what kind of pizza to get. And now we're we're in this new world, and potentially come out the other side with, um, with a work from home economy mm-hmm. for a lot of people, right? Or come out the other side with a, um, you know, with with just a just a collective memory of collective action, which in some ways is what we've been lacking as a culture for the last. Yeah, that's a phrase I, I think in my head I concatenate that with like the letters AFL-CIO. When I think of collective action, I think of strikes and stuff like that. But it's also it's a it's a disused word that's very meaningful for any group of people, especially a country that's struggling. Collective action. 
collective action and mm-hmm. and the, you know like we've been debating politically uh the idea of a universal basic income and not we have that has not surfaced to the level of no, nobody's really talking about it in bars yet but it's been mm-hmm. a political volleyball for for quite a while and you know among politically savvy people like it's a it is a platform. It was, uh, it was kind of Andrew of Yang's biggest plank, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and, but it's been, you know, it's been bandied about for decades. But here we have like a real world situation where a universal basic income is kind of what stands between tr- true disaster for millions of people and, what and what could be a sur- sort of survivable and uh, you know a situation that people could hunker down in weather mm-hmm. and if if there were a universal basic income it would be this situation would be uh, there would be an uh, there would be a whole crazy aspect of this situation that would be managed or manageable that right now is not manageable and something has to happen right mm-hmm. you can't have 250,000 people dying of flu and 900,000 people uh, dying of starvation, you know, so something's going to happen and what, and what's going to happen and it's going to be a clusterfuck, (laughs) but it's going to produce in the, in the main, a sudden awareness among an awful lot of people about like what a universal basic income is, why it works to our advantage, how it's actually more cost effective than, than a, a, a dozen other methods we have of helping people and people, I think so, so it will, so it will, that's an example of like a collective understanding of collective action where it may be that this is the, you know, that this is the thing. And I, I mean, I can't, I'm not trying to say that there's a silver lining to this yet, but no, no, but I, I, I it's, it's going to be a jolt to the system. And like, it's, it's up to us individually and collectively, as you say, to decide, um, to decide or to contribute to what happens as we get through this and, and when it is, as they say, over. Yeah. Right. And, and it may not be over until there's universal healthcare, right? It may not be over really over until there's, um, you know, until there's a uh, a real sea change in the way we operate, mm-hmm. and that you know, and the, I think the doom and gloomers, and particularly the, the people that are looking for conspiracies, are worried that what's going to happen is we're going to come out of the other side, and there's going to be a lot of um, totalitarianism, right? I mean, I, I, one of the interesting threads that I read yesterday was there were a lot of people calling for the election to be postponed. And a lot of other people saying, don't give Trump any ideas. Mm -hmm. And, and that was a, that was a response that I wasn't anticipating. But of course, the last thing you want to do is hand over the, the power to postpone the election to someone who has so little, um, little interest in maintaining norms Mm -hmm. as Trump. Right. So now, now you're in a situation where it's like, well, do we, do we hold an election where, um, you know, where actually going to the polls is, uh, is not only dangerous, but kind of an act of social, you know, like lack of responsibility. Mm -hmm. Um, or 
do we do we try and find a way to postpone an election where there's nothing that our despotic current ruler would like more? Mm-hmm. Or don't, do, don't put it past him. <laughs> right. Or, or do we, do we develop an, an online elections like, um, system, uh, in the, you know, in a, like a slap a dash last minute way during an era when we're all terrified that, that even the, you know, the ones that we've worked on for six years are hackable or just junk. Mm-hmm. All of that is like, if it, if it weren't happening under the shadow of the possibility that hundreds of thousands of our neighbors are going to die, um, you know, that's all really like that. Some of that will be what historians look back upon mm-hmm. and say is most interesting about this time, like how we've, how we figure stuff like this out. It's an opportunity <sighs> stake. It's an... Ha, 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 ha,